welcome to the Tech Story Podcast, where storytellers kibitz about technology that makes us go, hmm, what's that about? Now introducing your host, Doug Thompson. All right, greetings, everybody. Thanks for joining Tech Story. Uh, my guest today is Roger Wilkerson, and I, he has a long history. He was, a, he was in radio. He was in technology. Now he's a bear wrangler. So I mean, it's a very interesting <laughs> career, and I'm sure as we've talked, witness, he's got some interesting stories behind witness it. Protection, witness protection program. All well, kinds well, of things. <laughs> well, I was going to leave that one out. I have to relocate again. Now yeah. I have to relocate again. Well, I, you know, it's sort of hard to move now, so I was trying to keep you safe for at least another week or so. Whatever. So what's your favorite tech story? You know, you've been in the tech business. You've been, you know, radio's technology. You have to use that to sort of broadcast. Sure. So What's your favorite story if, if, that you go well, to and tell a new person? You're going to see a smile on my face because um, I got into technology really early in a different way. I worked in a record store. I was the youngest guy there, and they, had to get, they got a computer to do tickets for concerts, right? And so I was like 16, 17 in high school. Everybody else was scared of the computer, so they said, Roger, why don't you play with it? So I learned how to do that. And basically, it was just getting tickets for concerts, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I found out that you could pre-pull as many tickets as you wanted in the first half hour, as long as you sold all those tickets that day. So for every concert, I pre-pulled a bunch of tickets. Mm -hmm. And I had the best seats. So <laughs> I ended up dating all of the cheerleaders based on which band they preferred the most to see. And so that was my first experience with technology. Uh, you know, the, the great thing about that story. And it story, worked out well. It worked out yeah, well. Yeah, the great thing about that story is, is, you know, it was new and people are scared of it, right? So, you know, I don't want well, to touch it. it. I might break it. And, well, and, and that's it, why they give it to the young people. That's, yeah. that's why, you know, it's like, I, I can't do that. So, and that's why young people have an advantage of, you mm -hmm. know, getting handed stuff that, old people don't want to do or are afraid to do. And they need yeah. to, they only have that advantage when they're young, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. We grow into that. Well, I may break it type thing. Well, there are a few of us that, that, you know, don't fall into that because I'm constantly trying to break something, trying something new out. So, I love breaking stuff. But yeah. Yeah. It, it's fun. But, that's but, the whole fun of the technology. Right? And I like it. It was the 17 year old boy angle on the story as well. Cause that's exactly whatever 17 year old boy would be trying to do. I, would have never had sex had I not had those concert tickets. <laughs> Look, it's, um, we're like five minutes into the first episode. I'm already going to be blacklisted because we're talking about those things. But it's <laughs> okay. That's fine. that's life, right? So you 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 had a start in radio. I you know I did a I did. stint as the morning sports guy at a local station there. Uh, you know, we've discussed right. before. What was your career trajectory through that? I was a little kid that um, liked to do character voices. And there was a big um, disc jockey who was a friend of the family. And maybe we were 12, 13, he would have me on the show to do voices uh, on this big uh, station in, in Columbus, mm -hmm. Ohio. So 12, 13, I, I kind of got around radio stations. And then I did internships and I just always hung around radio stations from early on. And then when I went to college, I got into college radio. And that's where it all started for me, really, on a more serious level. I went to a special radio and TV high school, directed half-hour cable TV shows. You know, I, I won the Ohio Film Festival when I was 17. I did all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. But I, I, liked, um, I liked radio at the time because if you had an idea, you could just present it. And I also liked that 
you didn't have the audience reaction. You didn't know whether they liked it or not. Yeah. Until after, right? Yeah. So you had to learn how to be, you know, how to do things and just say, well, I'm going with it. Yeah. I, you know, it was much the same thing. You know, my, the approach I had with radio was sort of a, a, a bit of a, let's take a, let's take a fun spin on it. You right. know, I would take weird angles, mispronounce names, do other things, but you're right. You don't get that instant feedback like you do when you're, uh, but it's much yeah. like today where if you've got YouTube or you've got something or even a you know, LinkedIn video or some other video, you don't know what the reaction is till later. You know, when you, yeah. when you had set parts that bombed, you know, we all have these things that bomb. That's how we how we learn things. And man, I was just sure that would have killed it. Well, yeah, but with radio, you didn't know whether it was bombing or not. Yeah, right. That was that was a gift. So now I also then started doing stand up comedy in college, and I I did ninety minute one man shows. And mm -hmm. We had a teacher that had a class, and he taught stand up comedy in class. And for the final, you'd have to perform. And so I did that for a couple of years uh, simultaneously with radio. Mm -hmm. That's where you really learned whether you had it or not. Yeah, was with that live audience. And what was odd was, you know, you'd do a, you'd do a joke or a routine and it would mm -hmm. be great. And then you'd do it the next time. It would be death. Yeah. And, it is. It's very situational. Do you have the right audience? You know, there's, I'm sure if you did yes. enough analysis, you'd say, okay, well, did my setup change? Yeah. And, and there's just not enough time to go through all that. Right. It, it's just, yeah. okay. Sometimes it works. Sometimes yeah. it doesn't. And I have done, you know, I've done a lot of TV comedy in our, in our cable TV mm -hmm. shows that we did. We did a lot of man on the street stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, so I enjoyed that. And, um, back to the technology angle of it, mm -hmm. I, when I left college, I started my first business writing comedy for radio stations mm -hmm. in 1984 using email when nobody knew what the hell that was. <laughs> I was an original millennial. Yeah. I was, but yeah, that's how I started. And then what ended up happening with that was I, I got a lot of attention, you know, I, all the major publications picked up that I was doing that. and then. I had all the top rock stations in the country were clients. Mm -hmm. And then one of them, uh, WMMR in Philadelphia, hired me to come be the producer and writer. And that was uh, the highest rated rock station at the time, highly competitive. The entire time I was there, we were number one. And then fortunately, when I left to go run radio networks, mm -hmm. that, that rating period that I left, they lost. <laughs> so I was the boy one, I was the boy wonder. Yeah. And always leave know. on a high note. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's so many stories of radio I can tell you. But yeah. It's, so, it's, you know, and it, it sounds like, it sounds like in comedy, in my, in my experience is, is that, you know, the best people at comedy can tell a story and they have great timing that goes along with it. You know, because, because yeah, I mean, the best, best ones are not about jokes per se. They're, they're bits, right? So. Yeah. I would take it a step further. I would say that it's a story is part of it, but really it's more about point of view. Mm -hmm. What's your point of view? What's your perspective? And do you hold that, all the way through, mm -hmm. even, you know, in the face of evidence against what your point of view is, mm -hmm. that's where you get the comedy, you know. But, but your point of view is, is your story. That's your, it's, that's your you, version of the story. That's right. It's you yeah. as a character within the story, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But I think, I think the best comedy, and I, I've changed over the years, you know, because you, you go through different phases when you do types of comedy. I mean, for me now, I, I think the best type of comedy is target on your back. Mm -hmm. Um rather than making fun of people or you know, it's easy to make fun of stupid people because there's mm -hmm. so many stupid people out there. Yeah. Right. But that's kind of like an easy target, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, no, I use that a lot in my, my presentation stuff that I do when I'm on sure. stage or something. 
because it, it puts the, I find it puts the audience a little bit more at ease. I don't have to necessarily worry about offending anybody. I'm not going to offend myself because it's my right. story. Um, right. And people can relate to that. If you do it in the right way, you right. make it relatable because we've all been there and done those things like mm -hmm. that, right? We've all, a few months, several months back, I was in a store with my daughter and, and some of my grandkids. I got my golf shirt on inside out. I'm like, <laughs> who dressed me this morning? You know, it's like I'm walking right. around with that on inside out. But it's it's a right. it's a true life thing. We've we've all sort of done that. So, how did you go from comedy and all that into into the tech world? Because we sort of paralleled there for a while yeah. back in the so, early days. And yeah. So and so what ended up happening was. I produced this big show. Then I ran about, I was like the youngest network radio executive. I ran five radio networks. This was right around the time when they were breaking up radio. Radio used to only have limited amounts of ownership. And then they were starting mm -hmm. to allow consolidation to come in. You know, I had great mentors. I had great, you know, great advisors. And I realized that, you know, the radio I fell in love with was going to die. Yeah. It wasn't going to be around anymore. And left running the radio networks and I started a consulting firm negotiating um, how to get um, sponsorship time at, with no ad dollar fees uh, for corporations. And my first mm -hmm. clients were like uh, Disney and Fox and all the TV network networks, all the film studios and, and all the record stores were my first clients. One of my clients became quarter deck quarter deck was a, a software I didn't know anything about it it was a, a very big software company back in the day and um, and then they hired me to do their international marketing mm -hmm. so, <laughs> but it, so you, everything you're hit upon has a story with it or it, it relates to sure. the story it's ability to communicate with somebody else which is yeah. a you know fundamental benefit of telling a story is that ability to sort of further that communication yeah and also too I think for a lot of people they for I knew I wasn't ever going to work one thing. And so when the opportunity came up to do something uh, bigger or different, it was easy to let the safety net go, uh, which I think is a challenge for most people. Mm -hmm. And I think if you don't learn how to do that early, it's almost impossible to do it later. Yeah, no, I, I would agree with that. I find myself, so you get, you know, it, you get somewhat comfortable and it gets a little more, yeah. um, it's harder. It's it's scary and it's harder to overcome that fear. Whenever anybody talks to me about wanting to be an entrepreneur, the first thing I ask them is, "How long can you live with no money?" You know, anybody that says, well, "I can't," I'm like, "Well, then you, yeah. you don't have a shot." <laughs> yeah, you might, might want to choose another profession with that. Yeah, because you have to yeah. you have to really have this, yeah. you know, because you don't you don't know when the money's coming in. Yeah, it's a little bit black those bits that you bid, did back in radio, you were going on, you had this thing, but you didn't know if it was actually going to make any money or not. Absolutely. Yeah. And, the, and the irony is the things that make money are never the things that you think will make money. And the things that you think will make money never make money, which is a, a great part of that whole entrepreneurial process. Yeah. It's, it's, it's sometimes it's success by surprise. And, and it's the ability to let go of, of, of what you really think is great. You know, you can come up with this great product and you hold on to it and you write it down to the ground and well, why didn't this work? Well, that's right. And yeah. also too, I think a big mistake a lot of people make, and I've been talking about this lately with a lot of different people is you, you have to have your personal life separate from your business life. Mm -hmm. If your self-esteem is attached to your business or your business bank account, you're doomed. Yeah. You're, you're, you're going to, you're going to fail because that's yeah. going to, just it's going to go up and down and you're not going to have any control over it. 
you have to really understand who you are, who you're not, mm-hmm. and you have to be that. That's more important than what you do. Yeah. And, and people, what ends up happening is if they have, you, know, you hear, follow your passion and all that stuff. It's like, okay, great. My passion is that I don't want to work ever. <laughs> yeah. and, and I'm really I'm like good at following that. That's my passion that <laughs> yeah. I'm following, right? So you can't, it's like, no, it's, and do something you love. Yeah, but I have to be honest with you. I learn more when I'm doing the things I don't love. Uh, you know, when I'm, when a client says, we need you to do this. And I'm like, oh, I hate doing that, mm-hmm. but I'll do it, you know, because the, the client's paying to get it done. That's when I learned stuff. You know, well, I think even in there though, you, when you, cause when you take a client, you, there's gotta be that connection there. You mm-hmm. know, like you said, you, you've got that. And so the, the love of what you're doing is seeing that client successful at the end of the day and having that done regardless of the ugly work or something you have to do behind it. Yeah. And I think that, you know, have learned, we, we structure everything in our business like it's a film because mm-hmm. I, I, I'm familiar with that world. So we know it has a built-in beginning, middle and end. It's a project. Mm-hmm. And I like that model better than ongoing because you're constantly kind of re-evalu- reevaluating the relationship, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, because you, cause you're both at different places at that point in time. Absolutely. And the market changes, as we can see, right? You know, it does. You, know, you, you could have some big disease or something come up and cause a problem. That has um, happened. So, so now you've got into technology. Now you've gone off witness protection, right? Yeah. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's where you're at now. We, you have this uh, rank, you're a bear wrangler by another trade of that Bobby, one. Bobby, Bobby on the yeah. social media side. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. So, so how does all this stuff go? Now, you know, now you've sort of transformed into this social media. Well, Bobby's a social media expert. You're just the, you're just the gopher with that. Yeah, that's but. pretty much right. So no, so we have a, we have a consulting firm and we work with companies and I'm one of the few people with MBA finance and comedy writer on the resume. I would say um, you're probably, or, yeah. Or CV. Like in the top There's three. a couple, there's a couple, there's a couple, but I'm able to tap into both the creative side and the business side. And mm-hmm. it's more of a translation, right? You know, the creatives don't understand the business side. The business side don't understand the creatives, right? So that's, mm-hmm. that's, so we get a bunch of different projects and social media comes up and we were just doing a test for a client actually with Bobby. We were testing a YouTube channel mm-hmm. thing and then Bobby kind of took off and Bobby got bigger. And, um, and so, so much so we had to kind of figure out a way we would get him out of social media. And that's where we jumped into the films. And yeah. So yeah, so Bobby's fun. Bobby has written a book, Seven Steps yeah. to Making Honey on Social Media. He's yep. uh, shooting three films. One is already shot. Uh, he gave his big honey talk in Vegas. So that one, that's the first one to come out. Mm-hmm. We were going to do that on the film festival circuit, but everything's changed. So yeah. we will do that in a different type of release um, mm-hmm. later this year. Yeah. Um, Bobby is, and Bobby consults people on social media. And, yeah. Yeah, I've had my I've had my my session with him. I, th- I forget he was at cafe in Thailand or something. I think when we had my session. Yes, exactly. Changing the distribution, so you're going to have a film festival. Now you're going to do something different. Correct. How did how do you, how do you handle that? You know, again, I guess this goes back to sort of letting go of something that you thought would work, and now okay, how can we make it work? If you grow up in the film industry or the entertainment industry or the TV industry or even the radio industry. Mm-hmm. You understand that uh, everything doesn't go as planned. You know, you may start working on a film and it may end, and then it may mm-hmm. go into turnaround, and then mm-hmm. you know you you got to, or you might start with some actors and get rid of them and have to get some other ones in. So you're 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 used to that. Mm-hmm. Um, we were 
getting ready to do the film festival circuit, but then, uh, you know, uh, South by Southwest got canceled mm -hmm. and, and, and also uh, there's a, a huge chance that these, that these film festivals don't come back mm -hmm. um, because many of them were like little one-offs, there were events. You can, you can handle that one of two ways. You can say, oh crap, our idea is now all messed up. Or you can say, okay, well, what's the opportunity? And so we mm -hmm. started with what's the opportunity. Greg, who does a lot of work with me on this stuff mm -hmm. um, and Bob, another guy that I, that I like to use a lot. Um, the three of us kind of started brainstorming on what to do. And what we'll do is we'll do a direct release mm -hmm. um, uh, later in the year, probably, uh, uh, probably October, November. Mm -hmm. That's good. Um, Having confidence in, in the adaptability piece of that, you know, so knowing, sure. again, knowing that change, being adaptable to that, that you, again, throughout your career, be it radio, be it the, you know, back at the record store, which nobody will have to, I'll have to explain what that is to half the listeners. <laughs> well, they can Google it. <laughs> yeah, they can Google, Google it. it. <laughs> it's a what amazing thing. Um, but, you know, every through there, you, you know, you seem to think in story or that's the way that, that sure. uh, your mind and, and approach is saying, how does that give you, Give, I mean, it apparently gives you peace, right? To, to yeah. sort of get through. Yeah, because story, it, it, when people talk about story, mm -hmm. what, what they may not realize they're really talking about mm -hmm. is structure, mm -hmm. right? And so story has built-in structure. It has a beginning, a middle, and an end, mm -hmm. right? And people love doing the beginning of something because yeah. that's exciting, right? Yeah. The middle is the hard part. Mm-hmm. Right. That's where all the work is. And people, yeah. some people are allergic to that. So they can only do beginnings. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. A lot of, it. a lot of startup or founders get to be that way. You know, once it becomes a mature business, they lose a lot of them. It. A lot of them are addicted to that, to that high yeah. of, of changing this fantasy world in their head mm -hmm. that they don't change. Right. So yeah, absolutely. For sure. That adrenaline rush that they get on the right up, mm -hmm. but it, people love that hyper growth train, but it, you know, but you reminded me like, the reason there's hyper growth mm -hmm. is you weren't doing anything here. <laughs> you were starting from zero. <laughs> you have zero. So yeah, so you get four customers. That's a 400% growth. Oh my God. <laughs> but, uh, you know, businesses yeah. are done at that, you know, businesses are built, uh, you know, sustainable mm -hmm. businesses are yeah. built in that long-term, you know, long-term thing. And then, and then every business has an, has an end, yeah. right? Yeah. I, I, I go to sort of, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no. I was going to say I was going back to sort of Microsoft's story. You know, you sure. had that you had that rocket up with the you know very first PCs and all this other stuff, and then we sort of like Bill sort of missed the internet a little bit, but we recovered from that. You know, so you're he able missed to the internet a little bit. He missed it a lot, um, <laughs> yeah. and he admits it. Tell yeah. the Bill Gates story. Sure. Let's let's go ahead and tell that story. So yeah. one of my favorite stories to tell, I, I would go to Convex every year. I would go every year with my friend Bob who was, um, you know, further along in the technology world than me. I mean, I was just, I was a marketing guy mm -hmm. um, and, and a smart ass. And so we were at this table and uh, there were five guys, um, all billionaires playing uh, $50,000 uh, uh, blackjack hands. Their conversation was, did you get an island? <laughs> yeah, I got my island. This was their conversation. Yeah. And, That's and, a whole different conversation. Bob and I were on the side. Like, did you get your island? Yeah, I got my island. Said, oh, when did you get? Oh, I got it a couple months ago. Yeah. Did you get electric on the island? No. <laughs> uh, oh, you don't have electric yet? Well, you know, you got to have electric on the island, right? 
And so <laughs> one of them asked me what I did. You know, I didn't, I wasn't, and I said, no, I just, you know, I do marketing and stuff. And I said, I don't have an island, right? But if I did, it would have electricity. I mean, Jesus, how do you guys yeah. have an island without electricity? <laughs> yeah. And so that bonded <laughs> with one of the uh, billionaires yeah. who, who um, uh, we all went up uh, after that, mm -hmm. uh, me and Bob and this guy and the two major Microsoft execs at the time, uh, mm -hmm. Palmer and, and Bill Gates, mm -hmm. were at the second club of this, uh, of this disco in Vegas. And it was right when the antitrust soup was going mm -hmm. on. And so I turned to the billionaire guy and said, uh, well, we can break up Microsoft right now. <laughs> All we got to do is throw him over the ledge. <laughs> And everybody laughed, but, you know, Bill laughed. Yeah. They all laughed, right? Yeah. And uh, that, that's, I mean, you have to have, you have to have, be comfortable with yourself yeah. to be able to have those moments yeah. or, or nothing happens. Yeah. That, and you were, you were being you. That's just the thought that came into mind. You know, oh, and, yeah. And, and I would have said, it, I didn't care that they were billionaires. I mean, that was just bonus. But yeah. Uh, yeah. I'd have done it if they were, you know, broke as hell. You know? Yeah. Now, now, if Bob would have said it, because it sounds like that's out of character for Bob. It, it, again, it's, we, if we go back to comedy, it wouldn't have landed because nope. that was not who Bob was. And, but this case is very much who Roger was. Yeah. Uh, no. So that's, uh, that's it. <laughs> I like that. So final question. So sure. what's next for you and the bear or you or the bear? Well, you know, look, we have, again, you know, we're, the, the whole world's going through a very interesting time as we're recording this. I don't know when mm -hmm. it's going to air, but, you know, we have some uh, business consulting clients that are doing quite well and we have mm -hmm. some that are just decimated. Right. And mm -hmm. so uh, we've basically told everybody, I mean, we're, we're recording this now. It's, it's mm -hmm. late. Uh, it's early April. But what we've been telling everybody is like, just sit with the problem. Mm hmm. You know, don't try to figure it out. Don't try to brainstorm it. This is going to be a very, this is not going to be a pleasant thing. Mm -hmm. And, and it's not going to be a pleasant thing on multiple levels. I mean, you know, uh, mm -hmm. there's going to be a lot of people that pass away. There's going to be a lot of grief. There's going to be a lot of that. That's the, the human element of it. The business stuff is secondary. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I see a lot of people right now, they're trying to maybe hold on to something that they should be letting go of. Mm -hmm. to be honest with you. Um, and um, look, it will, we will get to the other side of it, mm -hmm. but nobody knows what that is. And nobody knows the time frame and the duration. I think mm -hmm. the duration is messing most people up. And uh, also I, I think people are having problems. They are anchoring um, and wanting to get back to normal. And that ship has sailed. There mm -hmm. is no, they're not, we're not getting back to whatever happened before this and everything will be different. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So since everything will be different, you might any as well just <laughs> yeah. relax. Any plans you make right now are going to change. You know, it changes daily. Uh, yeah, I, uh, so, uh, I think, um, uh, and I've said this to a couple of people, I, like, look, if you want to make plans or if you want to brainstorm, that's fine. Mm -hmm. But it's probably more just to address your anxiety. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you, know? you have to be doing um, something, right? It gives you at least that peace of mind. You're, you're doing yeah. something. Yeah, and I think... For a lot of people, you know, it's uh, it is an outside event that you know just reminds them how powerless they are. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have the tools to be comfortable being powerless, mm -hmm. you're or you're in real deep trouble. Understanding what what what's out of your control and and what's in your control. 
and focusing on what you can control. That's absolutely right. And, you know, there's also, too, I would add getting in a routine. Mm -hmm. I mean, even if your routine is let me sleep in until noon. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because... Or, or a few months like the bear does, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the problem. Bobby's hibernating. We have to explain this stuff as it comes out. He's so going to wake up in a whole new world. What, what happened? Yeah, I, leave, I leave for a few well, months exactly. and you mess it up, right? No, exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, I think that you have to get – it's very hard to get people to understand how to get comfortable being uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. You know? And, I mean, I'm an introvert. I know it doesn't come off that way, right? But mm-hmm. – I, and I think most performers are introverts. Um, uh, but so for me, I'm like, well, this is, and I've worked for home forever since mm-hmm. 1984. But, yeah. So for me, this is like a game on. What, is, what are you guys freaking out about? <laughs> yeah, right. I'm having fun watching the extroverts lose their mind. <laughs> yeah. The, uh... Because if I never have to go to a, a, a networking event ever again in my life, I'm happy. <laughs> I am yeah. thrilled. Right. Yeah. Uh, it is it is funny like because because i come across I'm, i have a bit of an introverted streak and then i go to a networking event i'm sort of the guy off in the corner drinking and if somebody comes up and talks to me i'll talk but yes. you know it, it's i'm not actually going around trying to you know shake everybody's hand i've never liked that environment yeah and it's not and it's not i'm not socially awkward or i don't have social anxiety or any of that so, i mean i know people that have those things and and i i understand i i you know i how many people do I want to know in my life? Yeah, I can't remember the ones I'm supposed to that I'm related I've got to. My good, I've got my good five, six, seven close friends. I yeah. love them. I talk to them all the time. How yeah. many more do I need at this age? Exactly. Maybe, in my, you know, maybe in my 20s, if I was in my 20s, I might be up for the networking thing. But Back when we were 20, that was a whole different meaning of networking. That was a whole different connotation. Well, thank God we didn't have social media. <laughs> oh, yeah, no kidding. Because none of, us would, <laughs> none of us would be able to work or ever discipline our children. Yes. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, the, the, the good news about the kids that are going to happen now is all they have to do is a Google search of the stupid shit their parents did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's it. Game over. <laughs> yeah. Occasionally you have the Polaroid instant picture, which gets scanned in and put on Facebook or something. But Oh, yeah. There, there's, there's no also, video proof. I had, I had gotten rid of a lot of my pictures. I yeah. had gotten rid of a lot of them. And, but there's always that one asshole <laughs> from your high school yeah. that has saved everything. For, right, for the right moment. They post it and tag you. Yeah. So, yeah. Thanks, Roger. As always, it's, it's, you've given me some great insights, some great uh, things to think about. and keep. Well, keep... congratulations on the show. Well, thanks a lot. I appreciate that. And give, uh, give Bobby some extra honey when he gets up, would you? I will. Thanks, Roger. And if you want to get a hold of Roger, find out what he does, learn more about him, send an email to roger at ygetarts.com. That's Y-G-E-T-A-R-T-S.com. That's uh, strategy backwards because, well, they look at things differently. And thanks, and we'll see you on the next episode of Tech Story.